Shaggy! Scooby, where are you? Guys? So it's you! Where's Scooby and Shaggy? Your crazy friends are near the bayou, screaming about zombies. I didn't see any. You never do. And you're never around when these ghosts and zombies appear. Yeah. Now, isn't that a coincidence? Save your suspicions for later, guys. Right now, we have to find Scooby and Shaggy. I think we should split up. Good idea. I'll go with Bo. Bad idea. I'll go with Bo. I won't let him out of my sight. everyone welcome to episode 113 of vague zone i am one of your hosts thomas and i am your other host daniel and today we are concluding our run through the zombie theme with a choice i made which was not announced on the last episode the choice i made for this week was scooby-doo on zombie island so daniel would you like to read us the imdb synopsis for sure. the mystery gang reunite and visit moonscar island a remote island with a dark secret Daphne wants more than just a villain in a costume, and they get more than they ever expected. Nice. Oh, Thomas, this was your pick. Why did you pick Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island for our zombie uh, theme? I picked this for a few reasons. So there's the new Velma show that's out, which mm -hmm. I have not watched, but it's gained a lot of buzz, kind of got me interested in the IP of Scooby-Doo again. So uh, yeah, I was in the studio just hanging out, just watching some old episodes. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. There's some cool, iconic episodes. But it's really interesting that there's just so much Scooby-Doo stuff over the years, like from the show's uh, sort of inception in the 70s all the way up until now. Like, there's just been reboots and, like, uh, sort of reiterations and reimaginings re of this gang and, like, new characters getting involved and just, like, tons of direct-to-video movies and uh, live live action. There's live action Scooby Doo. There's uh, there's like the Scoob. There's there's all sorts of different versions and uh, like they use this IP a lot. This uh, sort of Scooby is still very popular, still very uh, relevant in media today. Uh, it's a very particular kind of mystery world that I think like some people are into it. Some people aren't quite. I, it does remind me of my childhood, but I don't quite watch it as much as I did back then but yeah i thought it'd be cool to sort of visit this one in particular because it's a cool detour for the scooby-doo sort of ip and what they were sort of representing they're doing a little bit of a like a redesign with the characters and kind of doing uh like a new thing with like having the gang face real monsters as opposed mm -hmm. to always constantly unmasking a villain like at the end of every scooby-doo episode the the villain is revealed to be a, a person who is just very crafty with tricks and tricking the games and you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling those kids meddling kids of course <laughs> and so this one is kind of cool because it's like okay let's like put that sort of gang in uh, louisiana with zombies and kind of dealing with this darker thing um I remember I brought this movie to like a movie day show and tell kind of thing at school back in elementary school. And it was it was a hit. It definitely yes. <laughs> it was uh, it was very popular. So wait, tell me how this <laughs> how did this work? Like you as a kid just could just bring a movie in and the class would watch it or it what? was like a once a month type of thing, maybe or like it was very rare. Um, and actually, I was thinking about this because I was like, yeah, like I went to Patton Academy, which is like a Christian school. And this is a movie that has like witchcraft and like voodoo and stuff. Yeah. In it. So I was like, I'm surprised I got this to slide. But um, yeah, I remember that that memory very fondly uh, has a good some good music in there. And the terror time again was always fondly remembered. And so, yeah, I think I chose this to kind of like revisit it from my childhood. But also cool to watch like a zombie movie that's a little bit different. Another animated choice. Um but I appreciate it. I like it. It's cool to get like some voodoo zombies in this as opposed to like outbreak zombies. I wish there were uh, more zombies, but I think uh, overall I still enjoyed watching it. Um, what did you think about it? Um, yeah, it was interesting because uh, as a kid, so my older sister, she's six years older. I think when she was 15, she was pretty into Scooby-Doo. I remember she had like a Scooby-Doo mug, which I still own to this day. Nice. Uh, and Shaggy is for whatever reason, blonde on it, um, <laughs> like very yellow hair. That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, she was pretty into Scooby-Doo. We would watch Scoop, a pup named Scooby-Doo uh, before school. Um, and I remember really enjoying a pup named Scooby-Doo because it felt a little more like self-aware, a little uh, sillier. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't really watched Scooby-Doo 
and maybe 20 years, <laughs> like yeah, maybe longer than that. Um, so watching this, it was, it like, it was interesting. Like I'd forgotten that Shaggy and Scooby eat all the time. Yes. Like something as simple <laughs> and as iconic as that. Like I was like, oh yeah, they love to eat. <laughs> like yeah, that's they love so cool. eating sandwiches. <laughs> and, um, and I'll admit I was a little stoned watching this movie and it did yeah. make me very hungry. Got it. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember the size of your torso. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, I don't, and they looked they looked great. Um, I don't remember musical montages being a big part of Scooby Doo back in the day. Is that a thing that was happening? Oh, sort of. Yeah, I remember. Like, so if you go back to like, if you go on HBO Max and just pull up um, uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? The original one. There are some moments where there's like little musical breaks. Okay. Um, but not a lot. I think this is sort of a little bit different because I think even on the Wikipedia, it's noted that the crew that made this was allowed a lot more creative freedom to sort of do what they wanted as uh, compared to just like the sort of traditional like uh, animation setup, uh, like how they were doing it with the TV shows, which is what, much more formulaic. And so here they're like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. bring in a uh, third eye blind. <laughs> to do that. Oh, really? OK, yeah, I didn't so, realize yeah, that's that that's what was what I was hearing. Um, yeah, I didn't. I I wasn't aware while watching it, but yes, uh, after looking at the Wikipedia page, it's like yes, Third Eye Blind does our Scooby Doo theme song, which is really cool. It's kind of funky. It's got a little little bump to it. Um, I think yeah, I like the movie as a reintroduction to Scooby Doo, uh, because even the movie within the narrative, the Mystery Gang, is that what they're called, the Mystery Gang? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah. They have disbanded. Um, they're broken up, and it's it's a reunion for them. Uh, and so, yeah, it definitely helped as someone who has been apart from this for so long. Uh, it kind of feels like this is the movie. It, yeah, it's a good, like, reintroduction to this, like, franchise, I guess. Totally. That's cool to think, um, yeah, that you sort of haven't watched it. So, yeah, going back in, it's like, oh, yeah, they sort of have Yeah, been. they're broken up. And <laughs> yeah. this time, this is the thing I remember about the ad campaign for this movie when I was a kid was this time the monsters are real. Yeah. Like, that was for this movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the um, big selling point. Um, so yeah, so I knew it was coming. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, decent, decent watch. Um, it's it's hard to know what to say about uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. It's not like I have an essay ahead of me, but for sure, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I think the big criticism I have is I feel like yeah, a little. Too, there's a couple too many uh just eating gags and not enough zombies that's my only criticism but i think yeah i do appreciate the fact that this is a movie that sort of does take it back to its roots a little bit so yeah zombies have a history in haitian culture and going and dealing they have connections to voodoo and one of the big like contemporary things with zombies is like it's a virus it's an outbreak it's about being sick it's a global pandemic there's like tons of depictions there's countless depictions of zombies where it's purely just about a sickness spreading through a community so i think it's really cool that this movie is all about like voodoo zombies and they're not necessarily bad or good they're just like lost souls that got trapped by uh these were cats and these like these yeah, magical like weird. cat ladies that that turn was really weird i was like i don't remember this from uh, my childhood at all but um i, I is, thought it was cool <laughs> it is weird that there's like so you chose this as a zombie movie and initially it's a ghost movie and yeah. it's like oh there's like a ghost carving get out into the wall and stuff we do eventually get zombies, but then we get cat people. So it's like we got three types of monsters <laughs> yeah. that we're dealing with here. Yeah, I was like, it's getting a little crowded. We have Confederates, <laughs> a different type of monster. Yes, this movie takes place on a, uh, what kind of plantation was it? Um, it's like a, a, hot a pepper. A, yeah, a pepper plantation. Indeed. So I was like, yes, there is uh, history. Just, slavery does exist. <laughs> I wrote a Scooby note, I was like, weird that. Weird that it's a plantation, and then my next note is weird that they're a Confederate soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little funny. And also, I, I love the moment where uh, they're sort of investigating me. Like, we're spending most of the time assembling the crew. I think uh, sort of I want to mention the relationship between Daphne and Fred. I think that's kind of a highlight of this movie. But yeah, they sort of get reassembled and they end up inside of this house. And I love this moment when they're investigating and Velma just is scraping the wall. She's like, oh, there's something under this wall. She starts scraping yeah, yeah. it. And the, and the woman's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you can't just scrape. So I, I appreciate that there's like a tint of like reality to it. But um, Velma, think... def... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, but yeah, I think it's cool that we sort of get... Uh, like more actual realistic depictions of this gang. It's like, okay, after they've had a career of mystery solving and it's always a phony, 
Daphne wants to do something real. And like now Fred is her camera guy, her, her the quote unquote one man army camera guy for her like reporters. I think that's a cool like, okay, Scooby and Shaggy are working at customs because they they get to steal yeah. food. <laughs> they get to see that. So I think it's it's kind of a, a fun attempt to place them in the real world. But what were and you saying? Velma works at a bookstore. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's interesting to me how Velma felt kind of heightened in this, where it's like, like, I remember her being like the brains, obviously. Um, She didn't lose her glasses in this one. I don't recall, which is is iconic. (laughs) Um, But um, she's like kind of aggressive in this with like, like you mentioned, she's like carving up this wall, trying to like see what's underneath this writing. And there's also a scene later when she's walking around with the gardener. And she's like, kind of viciously accusing him, like yeah, like yeah. telling him that he's a suspect, like not trying to be smooth about it at all, keeping an eye on this guy. Like she's letting him know, like we've got our eye on you. So you're um, you're suspect number one, and I'm gonna make sure you know. Yeah, she's yeah, really. I, like, I don't remember her being that aggressive before. Yeah, she's like, don't walk away any moment. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be with you the entire time. Um, yeah, they sort of, I don't know. Yeah, you said Daphne and. Um, Fred's relationship is a highlight. I think it's interesting that they're like, I don't know. It, fe- it always feels like they're they're a couple, but are are they in this? It's not really clear. It yeah. doesn't seem like it. They're definitely poking fun at it because we have them being introduced to like, oh, there's like the the cute kind of girl who works at, sorry, who lives at the plantation. And then there's also the gardener who Velma kind of has a connection with. Once we get the reveal at the end of who he actually is, it's like, oh, okay. Then they're kind of like getting paired together, so to speak. Uh, so I think it's kind of cool, but I just like the fact that after years of like at the beginning of this movie you get this montage of them just demasking people and sort of like revealing like this formula one we're very familiar with and so and that's what sort of breaks daphne off she's like okay like i don't want to do this like i want to have like a real horror like i want to find the real shit like i want the 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 nitty-gritty and so that's what sets her off to become a reporter have her own like tv show and have fred support her in doing that and yeah it's it's cool like it kind of centers around daphne's sort of drive to go find that it's not really centered around scooby and shaggy and and everyone else yeah there's kind of a long for the ride and and not really enthusiastically which is kind of normal right yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, I think a weird inclusion in this movie, <clears throat> we have this character Snakebite, who uh, him <laughs> yes. and his hog are like chasing uh, catfish. Um, I guess the only reason it's there is to have like a red herring, yes, uh, yeah, as like yeah. a potential suspect because it doesn't go anywhere, and yeah. it's Mark Hamill playing yeah. this character. It's it's yeah, it's, I, I appreciate it for uh, like color of the environment the fact that yeah we're going to louisiana like they're like gushing over how good the gumbo is and how hot yeah. the, the peppers are and so it's i think it's funny that we have like a man hunting down an elusive catfish and this catfish is a foil to not only scooby-doo but to um the fisherman's has a pig also and yeah. so the catfish is a foil to both of them it's just yeah it's just kind of ridiculous but it's it's silly fun we get to have the animals kind of interacting also we have cats that like kind of talk to in this movie they kind of talk what are you yeah doing? there's there's moments where the cast will say like one word or something where it's I kind of like i remember that <laughs> so it's it's very subtle where like there's moments where the so they arrive at the plantation there's like oh yeah by the way like i have cats and they get there there's just tons and tons of cats everywhere yeah. which is tied into the reveal later on in the movie but yeah scooby's like chasing the cats around they kind of do like a like a no kind of thing like they'll just say like one word kind of thing they're not like talking like scooby but they're okay. still verbal in a way like the pig isn't verbal but the cats are verbal yeah. which i thought was interesting well i have a note here that says snake bite says his hog is smarter than a dog but scooby can talk <laughs> yeah. and yeah. is a detective so, yeah and i'm pretty also, sure scooby also understands like seduction and stuff because like yeah. doesn't he like dress up sometimes <laughs> and like catch villains that way or am i just yeah. confusing him and bugs bunny well, see, I think it's really a great gag in this movie that Scooby is convinced that he's not a dog. Every time they're like, there's a dog at the table, he's like, where? <laughs> so like that just, that gag just goes on throughout the entire movie. And I, I really enjoyed that. I was like, this is so dumb, but so funny at the same time that it works for me. But uh, yeah, you also, you mentioned uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah, we have a crazy cast here. Uh, they sort of recasted uh, 
Shaggy's actor because he is a vegetarian at this point in his life, and he wanted mm. the character Shaggy to be a vegetarian, which the um, the creators yeah, did Casey not agree Kasem. with. Yeah, Casey Kasem, <laughs> the original voice, and so we have Billy West as uh, Shaggy. Yeah, it's a crazy cast, and Mary Kay Bergman from South Park, uh, uh, Tara Strong, Jim Cummings is in this. It's uh, yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah, like, I immediately recognize Jim Cummings' voice because he yeah. does he does Winnie the Pooh, he does a uh, cat from Cat Dog, he does uh, some characters from Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, it's just one of those movies from one of those animated movies from the late '90s that just has like just a great corral of of good actors. Kind of yeah, just having fun with the Scooby Doo movie. Um, I really wanted to practice a Louisiana accent before this. <laughs> But I did not have time. It's tough. It's <laughs> yeah. tough because it could get racist. I'm not, not going to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, it's real dicey. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like, yeah, we should sort of mention just like the zombie affair in this movie. So uh, I think the whole it's sort of centered around this whole gag of the fact that our Scooby-Doo gang is they demask their characters at the end of their TV show episodes. So here, what happens if they are trying to demask a zombie and they just rip its head off? And I think that's that's a fun little gag we get. But yeah, what do you how do you think this like sort of place had how, how this places as far as like zombie movie conversation? As far as zombie movies. It's like it would not occur to me to talk about this movie in, sure, in regards sure. to zombie movies. Um yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like I, I guess it's interesting to see zombies represented in something that's children's media like yeah. um and i'm i'd be curious to know like where else zombies pop up in in like kids movies um i know there was that uh plants versus zombies game that was really popular with kids so like kids are familiar with zombies yeah um apparently there's like a yeah. disney plus show or something that's like a zombie is the show is just called zombies and it's like zombies are like students at this high school and so huh. it's like the, the the cute girl is dating like a cute zombie sort of thing it's just because <laughs> okay. like i think like part of the value of zombies of like making it comical it's like you just highlighted the scene of like tearing its head off it's like you can do it's it's just an opportunity for slapstick um yeah, you can tear yeah. the heads off you can tear the limbs off they keep moving they're fine um yeah we don't have to actually suffer the loss of a character um yeah the, yeah so like uh dead alive one of my favorite movies of all time it's peter jackson doing zombie slapstick um it's, it's so creative with some of these kills there's like a a woman getting thrown against there's like a a, a light bulb on on a wall a zombie woman gets thrown against it and the bulb go, goes through the back of her head and her <laughs> eye sockets and mouth are just lit up that's awesome. themes yeah. and it's like yeah they're being really playful with what you can do with a corpse in every animated corpse um yeah, yeah definitely maybe that's yeah maybe playing around with that for children you can get away with it i guess yeah it was kind of interesting to sort of see like zombies but without like gore blood or any like and, gushing or anything like that it's just kind of like dry <laughs> and they're not the villains yeah yes yeah. uh they're just uh you know sort of tortured souls trying yeah. to uh seek help i guess yeah as our uh our magical cat people are on their their everlasting quest for immortality they sort of these these lost souls of louisiana get caught in this crossfire and this and yeah they become zombies and lost in sort of this this limbo and yeah they have this like wait what are you gonna say i was gonna say like uh but just like both with the zombies and the cats, there are a couple scenes in this movie of uh, transformations of hmm. like a corpse becoming reanimated or a person becoming a cat person. Yeah. And it feels like the budget for the animation like goes up during those scenes. Like, yeah, like definitely. they really invested in like making those transformations look really good. Yeah. I like when the, yeah, the, like the boat guy, when he sort of, he has his reveals, like they're big, enforcer cat person uh yeah he's really big and vicious and yeah it's cool i, I like the, the the feel of it when like night falls on this movie because yeah there is like a nice like atmosphere that does build it does feel very legitimate there's a lot of there's red herrings we don't really know we it's kind of interesting where it feels like what direction it could be heading it's like oh yes yeah, it's going to be a ghost story is it going to be about like the zombies there's this whole thing about like morgan moonscar like the the pirate like his whole like his whole thing and so yeah there's like a lot of stuff going on so it's like 
it, it feels like oh like uncertain like i did kind of get that i don't think there's any it. way to guess where this is going unless yeah. like cat, <laughs> yeah. unless voodoo cat people is like an established trope that i'm not familiar with yeah yeah, I love when the, the voodoo stuff comes into it, like when you have Velma sort of just like levitating randomly, because then it does like really, it, it does like sort of shift because like, oh, yeah, is this a zombie movie? Like, I really don't know what is supposed to be happening. And then yeah. we sort of get our reveals later when we find out our villains have this this layer with voodoo dolls and are controlling our heroes there. And yeah, that sort of is their downfall when our characters are allowed to use the dolls against them. There's also the weird moment where they're like, our characters, our heroes are tied up and the voodoo dolls get like knocked to a, like a fire and they start to melt oh, and like their yeah. skin is like falling off. And I was like, oh shit, this, this is getting like weird now. Cause like, yeah, it like reverses when the dolls get put to safety. Yeah, a it little kind of... uh, dark for a kid's movie, <laughs> some moments. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was a hit at your Christian school. Yeah, hey, I'm into it. Yeah, I still I enjoy Terror Time again. It's a, a nice, nice, fun song. Um, yeah, but it's cool. I, I do appreciate the dark directions that it goes into. And then I again, I do appreciate the fact that, yeah, we get a reference to the roots of what zombies are as far as lore is like it's this Haitian sort of folklore thing about like reanimating corpses and bringing people back to the dead through the means of voodoo so i think it's it's cool that we sort of get that here um i wanted to ask you if you were going to so there's currently a reboot of scooby-doo which is apparently <laughs> yeah. kind of controversial yeah and a sequel to um, this <laughs> oh there's a sequel to this yeah return to i mean Zombie they Island. just keep pumping <laughs> movies out though i'm pretty sure yeah uh but uh, if you were going to reboot scooby-doo how would you do it hmm that's interesting yeah i think like i want at least the two the things i would definitely want to be there is the core gang to be there mm -hmm. in like in a recognizable form i wouldn't go like hard left turn like velma and kind of like make them somewhat unrecognizable and too snarky i'd want them to be somewhat close to how the gang's dynamic actually is uh, but yeah but i think it'd be cool to do like an entirely different uh setting like i don't know Set it in like space and like in like in like the far future, having dealing with like aliens or something. I don't know. I think that huh. could be fun. Space I, dog. I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't really thought about it. there was a, a thing I want to ask you because I know I mentioned rewatching um alive, hashtag alive, but I don't know if you had time to, to get to it. No, I didn't know. Gotcha. Um well I, I rewatched it and I, I rewatched it because that was uh, episode, uh, sorry, a movie we talked about very early in this in this podcast. That episode was not able to get completed. Back when my XLR cable was shit yeah. and it was all static. So. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> the zombie movie Hashtag Alive. It's a Korean zombie film from a couple of years ago. And that movie made me think about, because in there the heroes stumble upon a person's uh room oh, sorry their apartment and the apartment oh, it belongs to a hiker and so the person gets to like reap the rewards of like the hiker's gear and the hiker's snacks yeah. and i was thinking i was like oh it'd be cool like if you could like sneak in like discover someone's house in a zombie apocalypse like what like who would you want that person to be like so you can have all of their things but, but yeah, i, I mean, guess i answered your i answered your question with a question but so if well, you could redo scooby-doo <laughs> what would you <laughs> how would you do it okay um i'm so i think it's a mistake to try and reboot it for adults um, yeah, yeah. because it's a kid show. Like how many adults are nostalgic enough that they're going to take an interest in watching it? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I feel like as a business decision, it's kind of a mistake. That said, I, I think it would be interesting to do it a little like more young adult. Um, so not... I haven't watched Riverdale, but maybe like maybe like Riverdale. Hmm, um, okay. Maybe you like yeah have it a little bit more mature, not necessarily for adults, for young adults, for teenagers, and you do it. Uh, maybe one season is a a full season is a mystery. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And you try and like murder mystery is hot right now with like Knives yeah. Out, Glass Onion. You got Poker Face now. So all the Ryan yeah, Johnson. Absolutely. Stuff. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's tons of like I, I, I my mind's blanking but i'm sure there's tons of like netflix hbo stuff search party yeah. was great yeah well, there is <laughs> mystery incorporated which is sort of similar to what you're describing where it's like the scooby-doo gang it's um is serialized where like there is like an overarching story for the two mm -hmm. seasons i haven't watched it personally but, that's but does it have people a, a man and a dog eating giant sandwiches 
uh, oh i think that part might still be intact because it's okay. still like, the, the core crew but um but it is like yeah it involves a little bit more like the relationships of like their group and then dealing with uh a, apparently a mystery that lasts like the entire show which is what i've heard which sounds it's two seasons which sounds kind of cool um but yeah I, I i think you're hitting the nail on the head that's kind of like people would love to see the ip done done with that sort of justice and i think yeah like you do it targeted for young adults this way you can get like kids could watch it and there's plenty of adults who like watching young adult shit even though they know it's targeted towards teenagers so you could probably get some adults on board i think i think it would be a mistake to market it solely to adults um which i think velma's trying to do yeah Um, it's like you have people getting their heads cut off and I haven't watched it at all. And swearing and nudity and stuff. So it's like, I watched a little bit of the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO. Yeah. um, And that's a character who, like, yeah, I guess it started on Batman the Animated Series, which is for kids. But, like, it is not a character that is new to being adult-oriented. And so, like, watching the show, it feels almost like Venture Brothers, like a more uh, vulgar Venture Brothers, uh, because they can actually say profanity and stuff. Yeah. and so it kind of works. And I think a lot of fans of it are like teenagers and adults. Um, I don't know. It's it's already had multiple seasons. I think it's doing well. <laughs> but yeah. like, but something like Scooby-Doo has like always been for kids pretty much. Yeah. But it's in this weird thing because like it's from the 70s. It's like attached yeah. to stoner culture, like counterculture a little bit. And then that's why in Velma you have it sort of like really rejecting that by having like your shaggy character who's now Norville who be, who's making jokes like I would never do drugs or alcohol wink wink mm. at the camera and it's just like that like like come on just have shaggy smoke like I think that'd be even funnier than yeah. like like at this point just have fucking shaggy smoke weed as opposed to him just being strictly against it I, I think the original James so James Gunn wrote the live action movie right I think you're he correct, was yeah. a writer like I'm pretty sure the original pitch for the live action one was that it was gonna be like you know shaggy's a stoner um i think like velma was a lesbian or something like that and like um they were gonna like lean a little bit more into i mean i think they were gonna try and do something like um did you ever see the brady bunch movie or like a very brady movie or whatever I believe so. Yeah, this is another like early childhood Thomas Churchill movie. Like I remember like seeing the like the idol voodoo idol thing and just like I have no idea what I'm watching. It's like, well, this is, like, this maybe is that's maybe that's stuff. the actual Brady Bunch movie. I'm talking about the um, the one they did that was like in the 90s or something like that. Oh, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like, what if we took the Brady Bunch with this wholesome family and we put them into you know, modern day. Yeah. And the idea is there's still that wholesome family, but it's exploring the comedy comes from the conflict of wholesomeness meeting nineties edge kind of. Yeah. Um, and like Gen Xers <laughs> and it worked. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Sweet. But I don't know. I don't know if you could really do that with Scooby. Yeah, maybe. I think you just have to update it for the time. Yeah, it's like it's weird. Scooby Doo admittedly is weird because yeah, it's like it's like they're a gang of friends solving mysteries with a talking dog. And so there's like a formula that like the people sort of definitely recognize and would like, but also there's value in like breaking that formula, but it's like how far can you break it before it's completely shattered and like useless? Like there was also the series, the new Scooby Doo movies, which had like the Harlem Globetrotters and yeah, Mama Cass yeah, and like yeah. Uh, Sunny and Cher. And so maybe you could do something like that where it's like, okay, every week's a new celebrity guest and we're all solving a mystery together. Yeah. Like that you could reboot. Yeah. Occasionally I'll catch some of the new one. I think it's called like Scooby Doo, Who Are You or something. There's one where it's like, Who are you? Yeah. It was an existential thing. (laughs) Yeah. There's like the guest star would be like Lucy Liu or something. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, I was um, thinking more like you bring like Lizzo on and stuff like that. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. That's, this is like, or uh, like 10 years prior or something. I, I figured this is like a little bit out. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd be down. There was a movie I remember on Cartoon Network that what David Cross was on it, a Scooby-Doo thing. Uh, um, are you thinking of the Mike Tyson mystery? It's called <laughs> Night of the Living Do. It was <laughs> okay. a TV special. Oh my special God, what is this? <laughs> on, Comedy, uh, on Cartoon Network. It was a comedic parody of a typical episode of the new scooby-doo movies gotcha okay i think I, yeah yes 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I want to say. Is... Yeah. David Cross played himself, <laughs> and Gary Coleman played himself. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember like Cartoon Network bumps. They did like sc- like a Scooby Doo Blair Witch thing, which was just like perfect. Oh, that makes like sense. Yeah, back in like back when Adult Swim was just like just batting a thousand. Yeah, I, yeah, you could work through all of the modern, all of these like horror icons. Just bring them in a Scooby Doo. So many things Scooby-Doo. you could do. Why aren't we <laughs> producing these things? Scooby Doo Final Destination. Only Scooby is left living at the end. Oh, no. <laughs> he just walks away traumatized. He just trying to save the gang from vicious deaths the entire movie, but fails to do so. Too much. <laughs> too, heavy. too much. I'm going to take this to showtime. Scooby snacks are people. Yeah, I'm going to take this to showtime. Sell it. Um, uh, sort of, yeah, winding down on Scooby-Doo, but I, I'll re-ask, if you were in a zombie apocalypse, oh. and if you were to happen upon the apartment of someone who is no longer there. Uh, it's got to be an apartment. It's, it's an apartment. It's empty and they're not dead. So there's no guilt. They just ran away. So it's just an entirely empty apartment household that belongs to a particular type of person. Who would you want that person to be? See, it's like if it was just if it wasn't an apartment, then it would be like we just saw Walking Dead where this guy has like it's the home of a prepper <laughs> who like has yeah. cameras all over and guns and everything. Yeah. That's why apartment really... is a little smaller. A little, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. People can't really get away with that in an apartment. Um, gosh, I don't know. I guess just someone fucking rich. Cause like they probably yeah. just got a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was thinking like a rich person might not necessarily have a bunch of useful things in their house. I was thinking like maybe like a very like proficient like gardener or like a chef, like someone with like supplies. Like mm. I was thinking like a gardener because they'd have seeds. Uh martial artist. Maybe they'll got some like yeah. <laughs> weapons Blades. and stuff. Yeah. Some nunchucks. Blades. Yeah. Uh, or I thought like a, a really like wealthy chef because they would have like really nice sharp knives. sharp knives and like supplies. Like they'd have yeah like flour and wheat and things like that. Yeah. See, I wonder if, like, a rich person, like, if it's their summer place, <laughs> they have, like, a lot of stuff stockpiled that, like, with long shelf lives, like, so they don't have to go shopping every time they come home. Hopefully. Um, I don't know. Maybe they don't plan ahead like that. Yeah. Not sure. But, yeah, it was cool kind of just going back and watching that because uh, it is a nice contemporary zombie movie and that they're, like pandemic kind of thing but also uh valentine's day is approaching so it's cool mm-hmm. to watch like a somewhat romantic zombie movie about guy and a girl sort of finding each other in the the chaos and they have their little uh relationship is very cute they're like sending each other food back and forth and criticizing how they make their ramen so it's good if you're listening to this episode and scooby-doo on zombie island didn't quite tap that zombie vein like you wanted to check out hashtag alive because it's it's great, it's violent, it's creative, wholesome. It's it's great. It's a good time. Um, sidebar. Sidebar. Uh, you said my my videos reflected, right? Yes. Is that better? Can that fix it? <laughs> oh, that's normal. Yeah. Okay, I finally figured it out. Okay. Cool. Oh, sweet. <laughs> right on. Okay. Anything else for Scooby Doo? Uh, that's it for me. What have you been watching this week? What have I been watching? I started Severance. Okay. Um, did you watch Severance? I did. So yes, Severance is the one I'm a fan of. Succession is the one I'm not a fan of. Okay. Um, I'm three episodes in, so I'm not too far. But um, I don't know. It's very good. I'm just like eager to see where it goes. I'm eager to see how it keeps developing. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't think it's a spoiler for me to ask. Do you think there will be a season two? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I believe it's already renewed. Okay. But as far as what the content is going to be, I'm very curious in where know. it goes. Okay. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, tiptoeing lightly here, trying not to spoil things, because also I watched this like a year ago, so I'm just okay. a little fuzzy. But yeah, this... You want so, me to just uh, tell you where I'm at and then... Sure, sure. Um, well, now I got to fucking remember where I'm at. Okay, so spoilers for the first episode, first three episodes of Severance, listeners. Um, beep, beep. Pause here. So his buddy Petey has reconnected with him. Um, Petey has just had some sort of like episode where like he ended up at a like a gas station, like a you know quickie yeah. mart sort of thing, yes. Yes. <laughs> and like uh, the police showed up and I think he like either got taken away in an ambulance or arrested. Like something happened where um, 
I think that's where things left off. When it okay. comes to like the innies, they're still trying to uh the newbie, I think her name's Helen or Hell, Helly. Helen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or oh uh, yeah, it's Helly. Yeah, yeah, Helly. Yeah. Um I think she's still trying to get out. Um, For sure. I don't expect that to change soon. Gotcha. Okay, now it's all coming back to me. The memories are flooding back. Yeah, it's a very, very fun, fascinating show. I think where you're at is like the perfect point because it's still you're still sort of like your characters are stuck in this system. And so it's all about kind of figuring out exactly what this system is and like what's happening. And so it's it's always like the, that part of the TV show, I feel like is the most fun because then once questions start getting answered, it, it does, it, it can be sort of mixed depending on how you feel, but I think it's, it's a good ride. And I love, I don't know how you feel about it, but how you feel about like the, the production design and just like the, the, the look and just the feel of the show. Cause I think that's what makes it's it special. Interesting. Like, because it feels, I don't know what years it's supposed to take place is the thing because <laughs> yeah, they still yeah. got these like computers with CRT monitors. They do have cell phones. Um, I don't know. There's like his brother-in-law has this like sort of weird new age quality to him. Yeah, like, yeah. It feels like it should be the future, this like sort of weird dystopian future, but it's just completely out of time. Um, yeah. And the, I find that really interesting. Yeah. The production design is fantastic. And yeah, it's, it's weird because it's a show on Apple TV and it feels like the most Apple looking show. It's if very that makes polished. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very blocky, very like colorful. Like, I don't know the way it feels like it's designed. It feels like I'm in a commercial of like Apple two huh. or something. It, that's just kind of how I feel when I'm watching that show. Like it's very just clean. Like, yeah. Clean. Also. Yeah. It's like a lot of whites, a lot of, uh, yeah, it feels very sterile. But also when colors do arrive, the colors pop in a really big way. Yeah, it is. It's like, very lifeless on the inside, I, but the outside doesn't necessarily feel full of life. Like it takes place in like a cold season where yeah, yeah. it's a little drab. Um, and I think that's what's, yeah, maybe that's uh, supposed to kind of, I don't know, mirror what is going on with these characters on the outside. So like Adam Scott, his wife has passed away. Uh, we come to learn. Yeah. And so that is why he went through this severance thing is because he wants for eight hours a day or however long his shift is to be someone who doesn't remember that. Um, at least that's so far. That is my understanding of why yeah. he's done this. And so, yeah, like life on the outside isn't good. <laughs> like you don't, you know, you hear severance of this concept of like, oh, the person the person who goes to work is a different person than the person who, uh, you know, who has the um, home life. Um, well, it's like, yeah, the person who at home is fucking miserable. Like, their their whole experience is they wake up, they go to work, and then snap, they're tired because their body yeah. just worked a day. Uh, yeah, it's an yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. Glad you're watching it. Um, other than that, yeah, I started playing Stardew Valley. Have you played Stardew oh, Valley? Nice. Yeah, I saw you. <laughs> I saw you playing this. I saw you mention this on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I I started it like just over two weeks ago, and I've already put over thirty hours into it. Oh damn. Um, yeah, it is toxic. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I think this is a great game for. Um, if you're like hospitalized and you can't leave <laughs> or like uh if if you're like working through grief or something like that like you need to distract yourself from something um this might be a great game for that but uh otherwise if you're trying to like uh you know function <laughs> and like <laughs> to do uh, don't, don't play this cuz uh it it will take you over um i think i'm getting to a point where like i could put it down um, but yeah, okay, so I haven't even said what this game is. Okay, it's basically Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like your character, th there's like an opening cutscene, this like hideous opening cutscene, uh, where uh, <laughs> this character, your character, is working in an office at a computer, and life sucks, they hate their job, and they get a letter from, I, I want to say their grandfather, um, saying like, hey, if you want to 
you know, a day will come where you decide you want to reconnect with what actually matters in life. And when that day comes, open this envelope. Um, and so you open it and it is a deed for a farm um, that like the grandfather has left you and in this place called Stardew Valley. So you go to Stardew Valley and you're just farming. You, uh, <laughs> your, your farm is a trash pile. And so you got to clean it all up, uh, plant some crops um, and you can go fishing. You can go explore some mines, go mine for different, uh, you know, minerals, or you can just like hang out, chat with the locals and like build up your relationships with these people. Um, and so it is like a pretty chill, like choose your own adventure sort of thing. Like, uh, it has like a day night cycle. So every, and, and like an energy limit, there's only so okay. much you can do in a day before your character gets tired. Uh, unless of course you're eating and then you can like replenish some of your energy but it's okay. like your character wakes up in the morning and it's like okay what am i going to do time to water the crops uh first things first let's water those crops okay i still got quite a bit of energy left uh maybe i want to spend the rest of my energy like chopping down trees so i can gather wood or maybe i want to go fishing or maybe i want to go explore the mines or maybe i just feel like talking to people um, yeah, yeah. you know maybe i'm gonna like Try, yeah, try and raise a bunch of money, like selling all this shit, so that I can like buy a, uh, a chicken coop and start raising chickens, or <laughs> like build a barn, start like milking cows and stuff. Um, and every day probably lasts like half hour or something like that. Okay. Um, and so there is this like feeling, this destructive, horrible feeling of maybe I'll just play one more day. <laughs> before I call it quits. And before you know it, you're going to bed two hours later than you expected to. Gotcha, uh, yeah. Living vicariously <laughs> through the yeah. sprite. And like every, I like was taking screenshots of all these reviews and they're all just like, this game distracted me from my depression <laughs> or this game uh, made me experience what, like, what I'll never experience in my life, which is like a stable income and oh my God. me owning a home. <laughs> like it is like all of these people, like, uh, you know, dodging their own misery and like fully engrossing themselves in this game, um, with like yeah. hundreds of hours of playtime. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, didn't, um, Animal Crossing New Horizons come out in 2020? It like, did. Yeah, that was another game where people were kind of like, my life is is kind of a mess right now, so <laughs> yeah. I need to be able to curate that and game. Manicure, honestly, like, I feel like that game saved lives because I it was it, like yeah, yeah. it was because it was also a communal thing. Like it came out yes, and yes, everyone yeah. jumped in at the same time, and everyone was like sharing their houses online and like inviting each other to their islands, inviting Elijah Wood over to your island. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it Even also got people, to go on. <laughs> and it also like it got it gave people like a source of joy, and it also kept people at home. So like they mm -hmm. weren't they weren't like spreading the virus and shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I would not be so, yeah, be surprised. I don't think there's any way to quantify it. I don't think there's any sort of data study we could do to confirm it. But I think Animal Crossing saved lives. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to say about those farming simulators sort of being very popular nowadays is a part of like a part of people's lives kind of getting away making like escaping from just like the chaos of you know everything post 2018 or 2016 however you want to call it yeah um and then yeah there's tons of like bad ones out there so i hear lots of good things about stardew valley and uh new horizons um yeah i was talking to a friend about it and like like my brother-in-law died um in 2021 and i remember like yeah, it was very sudden and like um we like like i called my sister to tell her like hey I'm, I'm coming home like we'll be there soon and like we're like packing up and frantically packing up and emily's like do you want me to bring your switch and like in my head i'm like you know no like i just want to like spend my time with my family focus on my family um but i was like yeah bring it and i'm so glad she did because like it gave me like because i wasn't always with my family like we would i would spend time with them and then like her parents were gone um her parents live very close to my parents and my sister um so we were like crashing at their house um and so whenever we went back to their house i was like i just need to decompress i need to like yeah. put my mind elsewhere and like focus on playing a game <laughs> like so i played this game called golf story okay this rpg on switch it was great <laughs> um but it is one of these things where it's like, I feel like there is this comfort in 
escaping into a place where like you know the rules you know what is expected of you uh and so there's like the safety in that um and like i see it with like my niece and nephew like especially my nephew like he was like diving into pokemon during this time and i think it's just like a way to process like it is it's something to do while you're processing grief because like it allows you to kind of smoothly fluctuate between like i'm gonna be in my own head and i'm gonna be thinking about you know all of my feelings and then i'm going to like lean the other way and just like focus on like catching pokemon or like you know hitting you know uh, playing golf or whatever um and i'm allowed to just like you know let my attention flow between these two places you know as i feel comfortable doing um yeah yeah definitely it's beautiful I, I i feel that i drifted away from that like connection to games for so long and then recently sort of found ways to fall in love with it again and through stuff like yeah, like Demon Souls and Elden Ring and Ragnarok, and now I'm playing. These games are, are not like peaceful games, <laughs> by, yeah. like the ones that you're describing. But I definitely I'm finding peace in like find, playing stuff like Dead Space and just be like, okay, like this that is just is like interesting. A, this is just a dungeon. Like obviously these these images are very grotesque and, and terrible. Yeah, it's like harsh. it's like a horror game. Well, it's a horror game, but I still think it's cool because you're, you're doing like problem solving. You're just like putting yeah. batteries in the walls and. Yeah, just like yeah, you're just kind of going through. It's like a dungeon crawler essentially, but it's it's scary and it's kind of cool. And I I like that feeling of anticipating the the, the terror, the fear, something kind of coming out at me. I like I like that. It makes me kind of zone out in a different way as opposed to playing games where it's a uh, task orientated or like you're sort of like managing lots of resources and doing things like that yeah, and, and farming. Yeah, those things can can get get a little I don't know repetitive and I don't know. They're not quite the games I like to play. Yeah. So I do I do appreciate just the meditative state games can sort of help you get to though. Yeah. That's one very true. I've definitely like had times where it's like I'm fucking burned out, I'm stressed, like I'm exhausted. I just need to fucking sit and play a game. Like I just yeah. need to fucking play a game. Yeah. And I feel that way about like Doom Eternal. Like my buddy Adam, who's been on the show, he was like I didn't expect him to like Doom Eternal because I don't think, at least when I think of him, I don't imagine him as a person who likes particularly violent games. He 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 likes indie games and stuff too. But I was like, yeah, like that's another game where you can kind of just like zone out a little bit, and it's very rhythmic, and it's very yeah. just like you're looking at like the colors of things. Like it's all that about game is kind of, so fucking. There's so yeah. much going on. Like yeah. there's so much so many places for your attention to be it feels like yeah it is yeah. very it can be extremely like overwhelming a game of, and very frantic it's like a game of pinball or something but like yeah. dialed up i don't know yeah but yeah i feel i still think it can help get to that space when you're just like okay i'm just going from one enemy to the next and i'm just bouncing around this room and just trying to solve these problems as efficiently as possible and you kind of it becomes muscle memory i don't know you get into a weird mind state when you get into those games yeah what have you been watching lately um, well, yeah, let's said I started the Dead Space remake. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it back in the day. I'm playing it now, and I'm loving it. Cool. But as far as movies and things I've been watching, I've been on a tough guy movie kick. Like, I went through the Rocky franchise. Sorry, yes. Rambo franchise was first. Then it was the Rocky franchise. Finished with Creed 2. Looking forward to Creed 3 in a few weeks. But right now... I'm falling down a bad rabbit hole, man. I'm falling down the the John Claude Van Damme rabbit oh. hole right now. So movies I've never seen, and so the big one was Bloodsport. That was like the first one I watched and really enjoyed it. Anytime a movie is based around a fight tournament, it's it's a good time. It's very bare bones plot. I think these movies are best when it's just a very simple thing. It's like a man needs to win this tournament. That's the plot. That's all. Um, Blood Sports Fun has like a, a young Lawrence, uh, sorry, young Force Whitaker in it. Hmm. Set in like 80s, uh, 80s China. So it's like visually is really cool kind of hanging out there. And yeah, it has like, it's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's first uh, lead role. And it's him at just his peak, just doing the splits every other scene and just absolutely ridiculous. And that has sort of led me to more of his movies. So I was in L.A. this past week with our buddy Max, friend of ours, friend of the show. And we want, I showed him Bloodsport, and then we put on Cyborg, which is the movie that came out Cyborg, immediately yeah. after. It's <laughs> not after good. Bloodsport. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, not, it's not good, but it's also, I would say it's not terrible either. There's some moments in that movie where either A, it's like shot or like it's lit gorgeously. There's moments in the movie where it's like this 
shouldn't be looking as visually good as it should be. Like it somehow it's able to to look gorgeous and weird and grotesque at the same time. Um, yeah, and then the story just gets weird. Like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme gets crucified at one point in this movie. Um, yeah, and the final fight is just absolutely ridiculous over the top all the characters are named after uh 80s rock equipment or he his character's name is uh like gibson rickenbacker that's sick, <laughs> the, the villain's name is like fender <laughs> fender tremolo like the movie is just fucking awesome it's just so it's just it doesn't give a shit but yeah that's kind of what i'm doing right now it's just like tough guy movies very very low plot uh you know they're remaking uh roadhouse i watched that yeah um, i did hear that I watched Roadhouse this past week and really enjoyed that too. Um, another Swayze movie. Um, someone on Letterboxd called that The Last Dying Breath of the 80s, which I think is a great review. Hopefully I didn't talk about this on the show already. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Roadhouse is, is really entertaining. Uh, starts off kind of muted and then gets it just it continues to escalate as it gets to, it gets to the end of that movie. Uh, and it feels like the climax is like a Scarface. It just gets insane. Um but yeah, they're remaking that with Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal, which Conor is, McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I like which that. I think, which <laughs> I feel like could just be the the greatest train wreck we've ever seen on cinema. Can Conor McGregor um, act? Oh, I don't think so. I <laughs> I think we got lucky. With I mean, does he that. need to? I guess it's <laughs> yeah. Roadhouse. Like, yeah, he just needs to be although, big. You know, yeah, no knocking Swayze. He just needs to have muscles and be able to hit people. Uh, yeah, we know Jake Gyllenhaal can act, so he'll be great as like the moody, the moody guy, our Swayze replacement. Um, but, going, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Going back to Van Damme, have you seen Time Cop yet? No, like I, I've literally I've only seen two so okay. far. I've only seen Bloodsport and Cyborg. I, so the next thing is Kickbox, Kickbox, Kickboxer. My like friend that. had Time Cop on Laserdisc. And we, were, <laughs> I, we didn't finish it. Unfortunately. Well, well, that's just that's not a sentence you can just say <laughs> and walk away from. But um, <laughs> but uh, Kevin has multiple times shown me this clip that he's obsessed with from Time Cop. It's the ending of the movie when. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he delivers this line, same matter cannot occupy same space. <laughs> and he causes the villain to, like, explode, basically. <laughs> uh, it is very bizarre. Like, there's two versions of the villain, and they mold into one guy. It's this bizarre special effect where it looks like, it looks like they become, like, imagine a condom filled with spaghetti. <laughs> that is what oh it looks God. like. Uh, I'm ready. They, like, yeah. merge into one disgusting entity <laughs> i don't know you'll you'll, so you'll, you'll love it <laughs> yeah That's yeah i'm, I'm about, looking too. yeah i'm looking forward to universal soldier apparently like universal soldier 5 is really good <laughs> like it just gets really? God, yeah damn. yeah yeah apparently like yeah like they do a bunch of really bad sequels and then like mid 2010s or something they bring back jean-claude van damme and dolph lundgren and like they do like a like a soft reboot legacy kind of thing. And apparently those movies are pretty entertaining. So I'm, I, I, I'm looking forward Cena to in one of those. Or am I thinking of, I think he's just uh, a movie called soldier. Maybe you know, he's in, he's a Marine. Oh, Marine. Yes. <laughs> is there a movie called soldier? Probably. Um, but this is going to be my life yeah. for the rest of this year. It's just going to be tough guy movies. Soldier is the occasional. Russell. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah been doing that um when i was in la i saw the fablemans fablemans was was great i did not um, see that so movie uh, of remind the me um so you weren't a fan of west side story right uh no i think you would enjoy the fablemans because uh, it's like similar like visual color palette and like aesthetic but it's more about just like spielberg's life and, and I'm, there's more like heart into that story it's just a good good whimsical coming of age yeah. movie about a man making movies but it's like the greatest filmmaker of all time yeah westworld my big thing was just why or uh, west side story or yeah westworld <laughs> same with westworld <laughs> um, yeah. no west side story yeah my big question was just like why is this why did we need this remake right now um, yeah i think you'd enjoy the fablemans it's really good yeah i want to i want to check it out i've already watched the scene with david lynch <laughs> okay yeah. yeah it's a fun time Spoilers, uh, yeah, but he's he's great. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I haven't just been watching meathead movies, so if people listening think I'm only just watching men punch each other. I also watched The Farewell this past week. Uh, I still have to by, see it. Directed by Lulu Wang. I think it's unfair that Lulu Wang and Barry Jenkins <laughs> are together. They're both Oscar-level filmmakers, the greatest filmmaker power couple oh, uh, God, right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Farewell is, is amazing. Um, it's a really good, just like culture kind of clashing movie. Aquafina, her performance is, is fantastic and yeah, it's just a, a very well-made movie about just, like, going home and being confronted with just the monolith that is family and culture and all of the things that relate, that are related to that. Yeah, yeah I got to check it out still. Missed yeah. it in theaters, and then I just never went back to it. Yeah, same here. That was one that I sort of missed. It wasn't quite on my radar, but now I'm definitely looking to hunt down. Any, anything like just prestigious from the past couple of years, I want to make sure I'm versed on. I want to watch uh, After Sun. That's getting yeah. a lot of. It, although it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, right? Was it? No. Okay. It didn't. I, I kept it, seeing it on people's lists and then. Yeah. Yeah. After Sun and Decision to Leave, those are very high on my list. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Should that we do Universal Soldier? Should we watch all? Should we do another? Yeah, we we have to. We've already done it twice. An episode on all the best picture nominees. Uh, yeah, another cluster run through, just scatter shot. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Or we can break it up. I think last time we broke it up across three episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ten movies split up kind of weirdly. Um, but yeah, I would. I'm definitely down to do that. Yeah. When are the Oscars? In a month. I'm guessing in a month. End of March, probably. March March 12th. March 12th, okay. Okay. Um, should we just do that next? Should we, instead of picking a theme, let's just do three episodes on the Best Picture nominees? Well, there's still, like, three weeks left in February. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of time. Maybe we could do but two yeah. episodes and just five movies per episode. Rush through them sure all right so it's uh is it theme time yeah all right so for those who are new to the show the way this works is we have 20 themes topics subjects whatever you want to call them uh on a list in front of us uh numbered one through 20 i have a 20-sided die i will roll the 20-sided die and whatever it lands on will determine which theme topic subject we end up discussing uh, we do three episodes on the theme, topic, subject. Uh, the first episode is a movie that Thomas and I agree on, and then we take turns selecting our own movies to go with that theme. Um, so I'm not going to read all the themes. You no, just got to trust that, us. Yeah. I'm going to roll the die, yeah. and then you got to trust us. It's um, not just a tough guy written 20 times. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, so I rolled the die, and I rolled a six. That's ah. man versus machine. Hell yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Do you have something that immediately comes to mind? Because I do. Yes. What is it? Um, the first thing that came to my mind was Tetsuo. That is exactly what came to <laughs> yeah. my mind. All right. We're fucking right doing on. it. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Same wavelength. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to that. Haven't seen that since film school. So I, I think uh, Joe Bob Briggs screened it recently on... Uh, last drive-in on shutter so i, I watched oh, it then sweet. but uh yeah yeah down to check it out i think i was more of a fan of the second one back in when i watched it in high school but, hmm, okay. uh, yeah gotcha i know at least personally i'm more of a akira fan it's from mm. similar themes animated um i believe uh the movie was uh, inspired by akira i think sort of i think i could see Tetsu, it i think tetsuo the iron man came after possibly i think i don't know when the manga akira came out to get my timelines correct. Um, but yeah, similar idea, different executions and depictions. Uh, Tetsuo is batshit crazy. So yeah. if you're listening to this, and if you haven't watched it... Please, uh, please watch prepare, it. <laughs> prepare, mentally prepare, get some popcorn ready. Yeah. You're going to have a good It good is, uh, I don't know. It is like... Yeah, how would you describe it? It's like KM, if KMFDM <laughs> was a black <laughs> and white film. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. KMFDM is a uh, like an industrial metal band, uh, kind of like Ministry. Uh -huh. but if you know who Ministry is, yeah, vaguely. Um, 
they're not good <laughs> neither of those no, neither of those are good bands um yeah fair enough it's kind of silly enough. shit that we listen to in high school no, it's all good uh, yeah i'm i'm going to I'm growing to appreciate that music a little bit more it's it's fine who cares it's right yeah cool that's been episode uh 113 of vague zone catch us next time we're going to be talking about man versus machine yeah so we just finished up zombies that was a good good little run on to the next one but yeah if you'd like to contact us you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com you can tweet at us at twitter at vaguezone let us know what you're watching if you have questions comments concerns or theme suggestions let us know what you're watching thank you for listening uh thomas and i am daniel we'll catch you next time You hear the screeching of an owl, you hear the wind begin to howl. You know there's zombies on the prowl, and it's terror time again. They've got you right.